What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner podcast. This is episode 18, and at the release of this, it should be releasing on Christmas Day. So, Merry Christmas. Also, Happy Holidays to everyone else as well. Um, but, you know, we have a special episode today. And so, this episode today will be our second ever all request episode. And so, this means that we're taking on film breakdowns and film. Um, from people that you, our fans, have requested on our TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, you know. And we're going to be doing plenty more of these as well as we move forward. Obviously, we will be prioritizing seniors in Colorado first just because we want to make sure everyone who, you know, deserves to get a shot gets that shot moving forward. And we give some good advice out there, get some exposure for our guys as well. Uh, on this list, we do have one player who is not a senior actually but you know he's uh he's a very special player he's actually a middle schooler and we're all really high on him here at the playmakers corner and so his breakdown will be kind of near the end there but today we're going we have a couple quarterbacks and then a couple running backs we're going to talk about two running backs and then three quarterbacks to be specific and so in that order that is Zane Wodark, Sean Kidd, uh brig hartson i believe chase silva and then our middle schooler here dj bordeaux uh and so like i said everyone on this list are seniors except for dj here and that's because we think he's he's really special and whatnot and there might be there, there's something interesting there so hey um sit tight you know we, i recorded all of these and so it is just me on these breakdowns obviously cody dropped his episode i believe yesterday uh, at the time this one should be released that's episode 17 there's some guys there as of right now we've only done offensive players just because we want to wait we've really only done defensive line on the defensive side of the ball so we're gonna we want to really like you know go over all the position groups and then as we go we'll we'll go over requests that people have and uh, whatnot because there are a lot of guys, especially on the defensive side. But uh, So be on the lookout for those. You know, Obviously, we'll be doing corners, safeties, linebackers. And the next week, we will be continuing our, our series with uh, receivers, I believe. And then, oh, and in addition to that, we're separating receivers and tight ends just because Colorado has a, has a lot of really good tight ends. Honestly, in the, in the country, we might have the best tight ends of this class so just keep that in mind but enjoy this like i said happy holidays uh these these breakdowns are just gonna play one after the other and then uh catch me at the end here so here we go zane wodark coming up next all right what's good y'all it's your host simon Voyanos, and i'm back at it with another film breakdown here for the playmakers corner podcast this is part of our request list and so uh, up next, we got Zane Wodark, the 6'1", 185-pound running back from Castleview High School. He is a senior this year, so class of 21. Let's start with the positives for Zane here. So, in my opinion, he does have this, a solid enough size for a next-level running back. 6'1", 185, that works for me. That's pretty good, not gonna lie. Even if you were to shave off a couple pounds, like that's very prototypical. You can work with that. Um, another thing with Zane... I think this is something that's most definitely a strength of his, but he has a couple of really nice elusive, elusive moves that makes him tricky to tackle and, you know, that makes him tough to tough to find in general, you know. His footwork is very precise and he has very quick and agile feet, right? 
Uh, I'm not gonna lie, some of he has some of the cleanest footwork on his jukes that I've ever seen. And with that, he also reads his blocks very well. And so with his footwork, with his great agility and all that, and all and the preciseness, the precisiveness of it all, he uses his blocks very well. And so that along with using his blocks well and by the way he has great ball carrier vision too because he'll set up his blocks beautifully it, beautifully i tell you uh all that stuff it makes him a very underrated back in my opinion and for someone with that size to be able to move like that and to be just kind of a nifty type of uh runner it makes him dangerous i'm not gonna lie it makes him dangerous in space in open space especially when it's one-on-one so he's definitely somebody that you gotta you gotta bring down with more people than one, right? You can't leave him in one on one. You just can't. You gotta, you gotta gang tackle this kiddo because he's he's elusive for sure. He's slippery if you let him be. So, there you go. Uh, along with that, you know, he is a pretty tough running back. I would say if you haven't yet, and we'll hopefully we'll link this or um, you know we'll we'll link it somewhere. But if you check out his huddle film, so it's Zane Wodark uh, and then Wodark. That's W O D A R K, I believe. And then Zane Z-A-N-E. If you check it out, check out his game against uh, Fairview High School where he's playing one of our top playmakers on our list. He made our playmakers list for defensive linemen, Braden Wood. And Braden Wood's a three-star Kansas State guy. And so, you know, Zane Wodark, he, he did his thing against Fairview, you know. And they, with a guy like Braden Wood holding it down there who's a very athletic, you know, he's a very athletic defensive player and defensive linemen just in general it's it's crazy you know because zane it wasn't like he only had two or three plays he had a good handful of plays there that that is enough to impress me right i think that's the marquee game for zane Bodark here so if you're a scout out there if you're a fan out there i'd suggest checking out that fairview game he had some fantastic plays against a solid enough defense who had some he had a good player on the on their squad so so there you go but let's talk about areas of improvement um I think the biggest one for Zane is that he does not have the greatest top end speed. I'd say it, it was good. You know, it was solid enough for high school. But the next level, he might just be a tad bit slower, which is fine because I do think it won't matter that much because I, I do think he has enough speed to make it to that next level. I just don't know how how great that speed is. And so with Zane here, I'd like to really see him work on his explosiveness this offseason and whenever he can. If he could accelerate quickly to his top end speed, I could live with that. You know, I can honestly live with that. So I, I, I like, I, I'd like to see him really work on that. That's the biggest thing there. Uh, along with that, you know, I did say he has a good frame on him, six foot one eighty five. But I think if he was to bulk up more and put on muscle and put on weight uh, and fill out, I think that'd be good. You know, and I, and here's here's where I'm coming from with that. So he's not the fastest guy. And if you're not the fastest running back, you know, there's not a lot you could do with your speed sometimes. It is what it is sometimes. I'm going to just be honest, you know. It is what it is with your speed. So to compensate for that, I say get stronger. Become a power back type of guy. And I think he can be a power back type of guy. Um, because, you know, the height's there. 185 is no slouch at all. And so, you know, I'd say aim to get to 200 and then 210, 220. And then I think if he was to get to 220, 230, he could be a very interesting type of prospect moving forward. And he could definitely contribute to a number of teams out here for sure. So so there you go. Uh, I'd really like to see him bulk up because, you know, I look, the speed's not there. So get stronger, 
get more explosive. I think those are the biggest things for him to work on. And those aren't super hard. You could do those in off seasons, to be honest. And then here are just a couple other things. Um, they're not as big as the first two I talked about. But, you know, there are times he may be doing a little bit too much move-wise instead of just being a north and south runner. That's just discipline. I don't think that's that hard. But you got to give him a chance to prove himself first and do that. So, you know, there you go. Uh, that's, that's not that big of a deal. But he does have moves, though. And I do think in open space, uh, he's, he's dangerous with those moves. But that kind of leads me to my next thing here. You know, that I said in open space, right? And then as a runner, he'll get into open space plenty of times because he does set up blocks pretty well. But the thing that kind of, I don't know, that kind of hurts him a little bit is that he just wasn't really used as a receiver a lot. I didn't see a whole ton of receiver film there and... I really would like him to work on some of his receiver skills because, you know, the more versatile, the better, right? The more versatile you are, the more valuable you are to a college team. And so, with all that being said, just in general, I like to see him work on those receiver skills, right? Work on work on his catching, uh, catching in traffic, showing hands late, right? Work on getting off the press and whatnot. I want him to get to the point where he could either line up as a receiver and do pretty good right because like i said the thing is his speed's not there so he will have to compensate so uh if he could do all of these things get stronger get bigger become more explosive and become more of a receiving type of back that's great you know but if he could do one of those things either become more of a dual threat like runner receiver receiving kind of back or a power type of back that's good as well or a goal line type of back i guess that's good as well and so he does have to work on some of these things in order to get himself to that next level uh skill and i well i guess playing wise he could be there but skill wise for sure skill wise for sure so that's stuff that i'd definitely like to see um like i said he could be dangerous with the ball in his hands and so the more opportunities the better if you could get out there at receiver that's awesome so yeah that's zane rodark he's very underrated in my opinion look i think he could i think realistically he could most definitely succeed on the D2 level, which is not bad. You know, I think that's pretty solid, actually. Uh, just because, you know, you could still get some full ride scholarships there. And I think if Zane works hard enough, you could definitely get that full ride or even a partial scholarship. I'm not super concerned there. I think high end FCS level, uh, but he does have some work to do. So with Zane, I would suggest that if he does get a partial scholarship or a full ride, well, if he gets a full ride, he should take it for sure. But if he gets a partial uh, to a D2, it's up to him. He could take it if he feels like it's best. Or there's always the Juco option. I probably wouldn't say Colorado Juco's just because those aren't as well known. But if he was to move away and go to one of the more marquee Juco's like in Kansas, Texas, uh, Mississippi, then, you know, there might be something there for him. You know, I think being at a Juco, that gives him more time to work on his explosiveness work on his receiving abilities all that stuff that i suggested or one of those things that i just suggested there uh and whatnot and make himself a more valuable prospect i think there is something there for sure in zane i think he he has he has a good ability but it needs to be more refined and i'd like to see a little bit more athleticism that i really do think is not that hard for him to you know get to so with all that being said, best of luck to Zane. He did reach out to us over email. And so, hey, you know, our email, it's in our TikTok. Pretty sure it's on our, all our socials, in fact. So feel free to email us your film like Zane did here. So yeah, best of luck to Zane Rodark. Check out his film. 
get him some recognition out here. What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I'm your host, Simon Voyanos, and we're back at it with a more request um, for today. So today we, we're going to talk about Sean Kidd, the 5'10", 190-pound senior running back out of Rocky Mountain High School in Fort Collins, Colorado. Um, first off, shout out to Sean. He showed the podcast a lot of love, and so we wanted to, you know, return the favor and do a little film breakdown on him. And I'm not gonna lie, there are a lot of things that I really liked about Sean Kidd here. Um, he's really impressive to me, but for the most part, we really had to go over mostly just junior and sophomore film as of today december 21st he has not posted any senior film that i've seen yet and so i just got to throw that out there um just just so he knows and so that everyone knows but let's kick it off with the positives and boy are there a lot of positives when it comes to sean kids so uh i'm gonna go off some of the stuff that i saw on his huddle but on his huddle he did post some uh, measurables and some numbers here and they look really good i'm not gonna lie they look pretty good so um, from what I could see, he's a great all-around, just athletic back. You know, he's he runs a four six forty. Uh, he had fifteen reps on one eighty five with bench and whatnot, and he he looks it too. Like he looks like an athletic back, real strong, but with uh, with some speed to him for sure. And I gotta say, you know, his straight line speed it's good for somebody his size five ten one ninety. He looks like he could even be a little bit uh, heavier than one ninety, but um, he could he could definitely move, you know. He has some wheels on him for sure. Uh, in addition, you know, he his blocking ability is definitely a strength. His his power and just strength all all together just shows up when he's a blocker, right? There are some places, and he included this on his highlight reels, but there are some places where he just absolutely obliterates defenders and whatnot, and that's just straight power, you know. And so. I would say his blocking ability is most definitely a strength for Sean Kidd. And the thing about him is that he can both lead block. So if someone else is getting the ball and um, he's a lead blocker, he can do that pretty well and lead the way. And he could pick up blitzers as a pass blocker. There are actually a good amount of times where uh, teams are sending blitzes or a pass rush and uh, they, they kept him back to be an extra blocker and he did a very good job of picking up guys and uh, really didn't struggle with that at all, you know, and so he did his thing as a blocker for sure. With that being said, I do think he could be a great special teamers and be a versatile player just because, you know, he's, he's a back with some speed who's not afraid to block and so that can most definitely be used, uh, uh some, somewhere on special teams and he's a physical kind of back too. Um, he's a physical type of back too, so I definitely think he could make a mark as a special teams player for sure on that next level. In addition, let's talk about Sean Kidd, the running back uh, specifically. Uh, he's he's a good running back. Let's be honest. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. He's a pretty good running back. He's an inside outside type of guy. He's very efficient with good vision. Um, as a runner in between the tackles, you know, he he's gets a little bit lower when he's running in between the tackles, and I could see that, and he could gash defenses despite them trying to box him in and gang tackle him, but he's just a very tough runner. Like, in between the tackles, you know, he'll put his head down, he'll slip tackles, he'll, uh, he's just a scrappy kind of running back that'll fight for extra yards. It's not out of character to see this dude grind out a tough 15 to 20 yards on on a dive play 
you know, which is insane because he's he's just getting after it. And a lot of the time, it's not exactly like you know, like his line's giving him. Um, how should I say this? It's not always that his line is giving him like you know fantastic openings and holes. Like some of them are pretty slim, but he still makes something happen, and he just battles his way forward. He's a battler inside the tackle, and I love seeing what I saw with that. Uh, in addition. Uh, his just his ball carrier vision in general is just really good i think i already mentioned that he's just a very efficient runner so he can you know he could battle a little out inside but when he bounces outside you know he uses his blocks well i think he has some good cutbacks and some good runs and um he makes the best out of each each play you know and of course he does run a four six so this guy he is kind of a threat to go to the house if he has that uh if he has a little bit of a runway there and so he could he could most definitely be a threat there in addition uh so he he actually caught a solid amount of balls you know maybe not maybe not as much as some other people like a tristan graph but he definitely caught a solid amount and they weren't always the greatest pass either to be honest i saw him catch high passes very low passes and obviously passes that are right on the money and he did it with ease you know, his hands are extremely solid. He looks on the ball really well, and he has very reliable hands. And then, in my opinion, with all that being said, I think he's an every-down kind of back. I think Sean Kidd is the type of guy that you could just throw out there and be like, hey, you know, be our workhorse, be our third-and-goal type of guy, be our goal zone or goal red zone type of guy, be our third-down receiving back type of guy, uh, or first-down type of guy, like whoever, you know. Like, I think he can do uh, whichever and he's very versatile in that he has a lot of different aspects to his game that at least he showed on his uh, film and i i love it you know he's he's all over the place and so that you can really never go wrong with that because he does uh, succeed at a lot of those aspects like i was just saying but let's talk about some areas of improvement here and i really don't have a whole ton uh, i just have a handful here so let, let me just start with this but i do think he could probably run a wider variety of routes uh in high school he really didn't run a variety it was almost always swing plays or something like that it wasn't like he was right running like receiver like true receiver routes and so i would like to see him improve his receiver skills even more you know i know he got the hands and i know he has reliable hands too at that but you know that could always be improved and you could build on that I would specifically like to see him work on just route running in general, you know, whether it's out the backfield, whether it's sliding up in the slot or even on the outside or whatever, you know, um, like I said, he has the skill to be a good receiver. I just want to see, uh, I mean, maybe he already has it and he didn't get to showcase it, but I would like to see him run a couple more uh, routes, a couple more, you know, a little bit more sneaky routes, right? And get real, real good and crafty at that. So, so there you go. You can never go wrong with becoming a better receiver as a running back, to be honest. And then in addition, I like to see him work on his explosiveness a little bit more. Um, his speed's awesome, I think. It, it'll hold up for the next level, at least, I would say. I think he has probably D1 uh, speed. Like, his speed could hold up at the D1 level, but I think his acceleration needs some work. His acceleration works for high school, but on the next level, you know, guys are a little bit faster and whatnot. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, you know, he does need a little bit of a runway, and then he gets going, um, but... 
on the next level, you really won't see a lot of that unless he goes to a program that um, is known for having great O-lines, to be honest. And so I would like to see him work on that explosiveness a little bit better, be a little bit more explosive out the gate and just get that acceleration um, and just improve on that acceleration, to be honest. I think that could really help him out because, um, you know, 4-6, it's not... It's not the fastest time. It's still pretty fast. Like, it will work on D1 for sure. But it's, you know, it's okay, right? There are some guys who could definitely run a 4-4s, 4-5s for sure. And so, uh, I, I would like to see him get to that top speed maybe a little bit quicker. So, there you go. And then as a blocker, uh, look, I, I got to be a little nitpicky here. Because he did show a lot of blocking film, which I loved. And I, it shows that he's willing to block and do anything to stay on the field. But I do think there are times where, you know, he, he gets a little a little lazy when blocking, right? You got to get consistent with getting his hands inside the defender and winning leverage and just controlling and manhandling a guy. There are times where, like, he'll hit a guy, like, he'll throw a shoulder into a guy or something like that. And then the def you could see the defender bounce off or is, or is thrown off balance, you know, obviously against bigger uh, players and defenders that's not going to work. <laughs> they'll either bounce off or they'll absorb it. And so for Sean, I'd really like to see him, you know, um, just straight up get that inside leverage and then control a guy. And then that way, and this kind of leads to my next thing. And that way, you know, he could control the guy and potentially run him into another defender because there were times where he may have picked up the wrong defender at times. Um, and so that, I guess that kind of ties into improving his communication with with everyone just in general but it's not the biggest deal so like i said if he could just get that inside leverage then you could control a dude you could take out two guys in one and and there you go so make your life a little bit easier there and then last but not least i would like to see him continue to improve his footwork and get quicker his jukes could be improved in my opinion like i didn't see a whole ton of plays where he just juked a guy out of his uh out of his shoes which is fine but, you know, I'd, I'd like to see him have a little bit more wriggle to him. He does finish his off runs really well, though. And I think he could finish them off even better if he's getting guys slightly off balance with his jukes and his footwork. And so I would like to see that quickness improve there. But in general, I do think Sean Kidd is a stud. I think he's a D1 guy. Probably not FBS. Most likely FCS. I think for sure he could do D2. And if he is a D2, I think he's a scholarship guy. No doubt about it. Um, it but I'd like to see him in the right situation here. So if you're listening out there, colleges, uh, take a look at this kid, Sean Kidd. I think he's, he's a very solid running back. He does it all. Uh, and honestly, at 5'10", 190, I do think he has room to grow and even put on more pounds and get bigger while maintaining that speed. And so I like the potential that Sean Kidd does. Uh, Skill-wise, he could do a lot for a lot of teams. So, yeah, hey, get him a look. Get our guy a scholarship. And then, Sean, if you're listening to this, you know, we'd love to have you on to the show sometime. What's good, y'all? Welcome back. Uh, I'm your host, Simon Vallejos, and we're back at it with more requests. And so, uh, this guy was actually requested a lot. We actually talked about him on our Colorado Playmakers um, 21 quarterback list when we're talking about the best senior quarterbacks in Colorado. And that's Chase Silva. He's the dual threat quarterback out of Skyline High School in Longmont. He's 6'1", 185. 
um did not have a whole ton of offers from what i can see he had a couple i think eastern kentucky and colorado mesa were the main ones though so not a whole ton but let i i wanted to pick up chase silva just because he was requested a lot uh chase if you're listening your boys your fans they they spoke for you i'm not gonna lie they they wanted to hear about you more and so we're gonna give you a whole breakdown here uh just for you because we kind of talked about you a little bit in that honorable mention section of that episode, but it wasn't super long. So um, so let's do it. Let's hop into it. And I'm actually really happy that I get to do this because on my own list, and obviously just remember when we make our Colorado Playmakers list, myself and Cody, we pretty much uh, negotiate and uh, kind of average out who should be where. And so uh on our personal list though usually we have different guys ranked at the top and so personally for me chase i had you at the number five number four spot you were a top five guy for me and i think i mentioned this in the episode you finished just outside so we'll get to that in a we'll get to that in a little bit here but chase uh let's well here but let's let's uh, move on and let's talk about the positives of Chase Silva here. And so um, the thing that really popped out to me automatically when it came to Chase Silva was just his athleticism as a quarterback. He has a powerful arm with really good running ability. This guy is dangerous on design runs. He'll gash defenses for 15, 20 yards at a time. And there are times where if it's one one there's a good there's a good chance that he might juke the guy out of his shoes and then take it to the house. That's just who he is. You know, when the blocking breaks down, uh, in addition, he has a great ability because of his strong arm and his um, just overall athleticism to keep the play alive for as long as possible and gain positive yards. Um, that's something I saw a lot here. Another thing with Chase, he showed a lot of improvements from junior to senior years with his mechanics. Uh, his footwork got a lot more consistent in my opinion and just his timing on throws they improved greatly because of the uh, improvement to his mechanics allowing him to make a larger variety of throws on different routes and so that's something I like to see. There there are actually a lot of other things when it came to improvements but I think mechanics um, from junior to senior year was the biggest thing that stood out to me. Uh, but he definitely made some improvements in other areas as well like being a better uh, decision maker and end up being a little bit more patient as well so i i just had to throw that out there uh senior year obviously you know skyline they're a very good team this year one of the best offenses in the in the state cody i'm pretty sure he played them firsthand so he got he, (laughs) he got the opportunity to coach against skyline and so he could attest to that but we're going to go with his uh, junior year stats, which were really solid for a junior with 31 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. Um, so, yeah, I mean, those speak for themselves. And then obviously this year, he had a lot of success as well, leading Skyline to the playoffs. Um, so, so, yeah. And then I, I mentioned his throw on the run ability. It's good. He could throw on the run with the best of him. I'm not going to lie. He could most definitely throw on the run with the best of him. There's not a lot of doubt there about that. Um, but the other thing with Chase, he, he senses pressure well enough. 
He's not completely oblivious to the pocket breaking around him, and he knows where pressure's coming from, and he'll move in the opposite direction and avoid that. Like I said, keep that play alive. Chase Silva, in my opinion, is one of the best in the state in just keeping the play alive as a quarterback, not giving up, finding a way to get extra yardage, finding a way to get the positive yards that, that the team may need at the moment. So that's something I really love. In addition, uh, 3.5 GPA, that's pretty good. That's up there with some of the best quarterbacks on this list. For sure, you can't take that out. I mean, you you got to consider that as a strength, to be honest. He's a great student. And on top of that, he has very good intangibles as well. Like I said, 3.5 GPA, he's regarded as a leader on and off the field. I think that GPA kind of reflects that. It reflects that he is a leader on, off, on and off the field, getting stuff done leading by example, being that uh, being that quarterback. And that's most definitely a strength. Uh, this Skyline team, they, they rallied around Chase. This offense, uh, it was designed around Chase Silva. And they bought into it. And they put up numbers. And they did their thing uh, week in, week out. And I think that's a testament to how good of a leader Chase Silva is on and off the field. And I most definitely think that's a strength. I think a lot of other people would say the same, to be honest, whether it's teammates, coaches, uh, whatever. And so that has to be acknowledged here. Chase Silver somebody that you won't have to worry about. He'll get the job done. And I do think he can command a locker room on that next level. And I don't have much doubt about that. With that being said, let's, let's talk about some of the areas of improvement here. Uh, Cody and I agreed on this. And... These these errors of improvement was what separated him from some of the other guys that we put ahead of him. So let's let's talk about mechanics. I think while he did get better and improve from junior to senior year and pretty much every year of high school, it just wasn't quite there. It just wasn't as clean as some of the other guys here. Like I don't think his mechanics were as clean as a Liam O'Brien or a Griffin Loretano or a Jordan Wolverton. Uh, I think those guys had just much more consistent, cleaner mechanics. And uh, the thing here with um, with Chase here is that his footwork was, was kind of a big... Um, it, it was definitely a concern. It seemed inconsistent at times. It seemed like he wasn't getting... He just wasn't getting the right spacing with his feet and whatnot. And his base was wide, uh, was pretty wide, I would say, uh, a good amount of the times. A little bit wider than he wants to. Uh, so, so there you go. In addition, when he, I guess, when when the pocket began to collapse, he didn't exactly like climb the pocket as as you probably should. He took more of a, a scrambler's approach, right? So it, his footwork would get a little bit more tangled up when things were getting crazy. And don't get it twisted. Chase Silva could throw off his back foot and throw off platform. That's not the problem here. Uh, the problem here is that he does that just a little bit too much. And at times it does affect his accuracy. At times the ball does come out a little bit high. There are, there are a handful of times on his film where I was like, ah, that ball, like the receiver, that's a great catch. But like, and you know, the pass is complete, but that ball is just a very very high ball and you know on that next level you don't want to take that chance a lot with um with inaccurate throws and so 
I'd personally, well, we'd personally like to see that footwork get cleaned up a little bit. We'd like to see him actually climb the pocket and keep that consistent base rather than look kind of be in a scrambling position where his feet are a little bit more tangled up and whatnot. Um, and even at that, he doesn't climb the pocket a lot. So that's definitely something he could work on for sure. Uh, just footwork and then climbing the pocket, manipulating the pocket. And I think he can. And don't get it twisted. The dude could run for sure. And I like seeing the guy roll out and run, but to continue to succeed on that next level, uh, he, he has to become a little bit more pass first, I would say. And I want to see this kid succeed. He he was entertaining as heck to watch. I'm not going to lie. His film just popped. He was the type of guy where uh, if you're like a casual football fan or sports fan, like he's, he's, a, he's electrifying. Um, but there are things here that he needs to work on for him to continue to do that on a higher level at that next level and then another thing about chase here he holds the ball kind of low just in general and that kind of affects his release because he does have a little bit of a elongated release compared to other quarterbacks on our top five list his uh where he held the ball was pretty low i'm not gonna lie i'd like to see him hold the ball a little bit higher and whatnot uh just you know just to improve that release a bit better and, and continue to work on those mechanics so there you go. Um, but yeah, mechanics, I think, for Chase was the biggest thing that separated him. The second biggest thing was his decision-making. At times, it was iffy. And you can tell there were a good amount of times where he tried to force the issue rather than be patient. And like I said, it improved from junior to senior year. Senior year, he definitely showed a little bit more patient. But compared to other quarterbacks, he just seemed real jittery at times. Like, he seemed like... He couldn't just stay in the pocket and throw a strike and see things develop. You could kind of see um, a little bit of alarms going off in his head, to be honest, when the pressure started coming. And then he, you could tell he's looking to run because he can. And I, that's, that's a little bit of a problem there. Uh, in addition, um, like I said, he'd rather force the issue than be patient. And by force the issue, I mean take off running, uh, honestly take off running uh sooner than he should or throw to his number one receiver or back or whoever and kind of force the ball in there even though the route isn't fully developed and or uh even though there's not a route that can be uh betterly developed i guess so so there you go and then another thing i Another thing with Chase here, I, I do think he struggles at times to keep his eyes downfield. And if he is keeping his eyes downfield, they're almost you could tell because he's looking at them, he's staring them down, but he's locked on to a specific receiver. And, and just in general, that's a problem. I think Chase could definitely be better at manipulating defenses and being a little bit patient, you know, going through his progressions. And I just didn't see a lot of that. I just saw a lot of uh, forced passes, or we saw a lot of forced passes and maybe some throws that he shouldn't have made but he completed anyways and that'll work on this level but the next level he needs to get more disciplined at that uh the guys on our top five list sure some of them did stare down receivers but it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't as consistent or as bad as chase uh i i would say so so there you go um I look with Chase. I think he does struggle against more complicated defenses. I think most of these quarterbacks would, but if he was forced to throw inside the pocket, 
I just felt like there were times where he was just too jittery, you know, where he would just miss passes or his footwork would be off or you could see him trying to take off and run before even giving the play a chance to develop and that that was just a problem. So for me, decision making and mechanics, those are definitely things that uh, separated Chase from others. And those are the two main ones. I don't have any more uh, errors of improvement here. I think these errors of improvement can be improved and they could get much better, but it's going to take time. And so with that being said, I think he's an FCS starter, a D1 guy for sure. The more I watch him, uh, and I'm not just saying this, but the more I watch him, the more I like the raw just talent and ability that's there. And then you pair that up with his progression through the years. You pair that up with the stories you hear about how hard this kid works, how respected this kid is on and off the field. And, you know, it makes for somebody that could potentially be a steal someday. I think this guy could honestly be be a threat on that next level, um, on that D1 FCS level. I don't quite think he's an FBS guy. He, if he is, he I, I'd like for him to really work hard at it and take all the time he can to get better because I think once he hits that field, uh, a polished version of Chase Silva, in my opinion, could be extremely dangerous. And that's what I want to see um, if he was to play FBS. FCS, he could probably get away with some of the things he did in high school just a little bit because he just has raw, like, great arm power and great arm talent and running ability. But... I would like to see him uh, obviously still work on those things because that can't last forever. Some of the problems I just mentioned, those can't exist forever without you being replaced eventually. And so I like Chase Silva. I think he has a ton of upside. I think he could command an offense and be an electrifying type of player on the next level, just like he was in high school. But there are some things, these two things specifically, that he has to work on and get better at. Uh, but with that being said, Chase, if you're listening to this, first off, much love. Uh, we're, we're fans of your game for sure. Cody might not be because he coached against you. And so, yeah, you know, but <laughs> I didn't coach against you. And I love being able to see you play, man. And we'd love to have you on to the podcast sometimes. So, hey, get our guys scholarship. You know, if you're a college out there listening, get Chase Silva a full ride scholarship. I'm sure of that. He deserves a full ride scholarship for sure. It's not every day you find a quarterback with so much talent and raw ability, but he's not quite there yet. Those are those diamonds in the rough, and I think Chase Silva is most definitely a diamond in the rough. What's good, y'all? I'm Simon Villanos, and we're back at it with another film breakdown for the Playmakers Corner podcast, and uh, this is part of our request. This is one of our requests, and at that, this was a highly requested player, I feel. Um... Whether it's in our TikToks or DMs or on Instagram, this was somebody that came up quite a bit, and that is Brig Hartson, the quarterback out of Roosevelt High School. Um, he's a senior this year, so class of 21, 180. So, man, let's 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 talk about Brig here, right? He kind of came off as a little bit of a folklore hero. When whenever people talked about him, he's definitely highly respected. Um, he's a leader of this team. He obviously brought them to the state championship game where they did lose to Durango only 21 to 14. So it's not even that bad. But man, is he a tough player to me? He kind of gives off Tim Tebow type of vibes, right? He's a leader. He's passionate about the game. Um, he's a he's from what I've heard. 
you know, he's an upstanding guy. He's someone that a lot of guys would go to war for. And a lot of guys uh, have respect for Brig here. And so that is definitely a positive because Brig, you know, he he not only leads, but he leads by example as well. And by that, I mean, he's just such a tough player. And he plays the game with such a passion. You could see it, you know. This dude is a quarterback, but he also plays defensive tackle, which is crazy because he's not that big. But, you know, once upon a time, Tim Tebow, he was the same way, I believe. I'm pretty sure he got in a snap at, or a couple snaps at defensive tackle. Check that out. Check that out. Back in high school, that is not, obviously not at Florida and then not with the Broncos. And so, you know, he he's a tough player and it shows when he does play uh as a runner like he's he's tough like he's difficult to bring down he's someone that you gotta have multiple bodies on because he's gonna keep churning he's gonna keep going he has a high motor and that's awesome you know um uh, so as a runner he's definitely a little bit of a threat and he could improvise a little bit as as well when he's out of the pocket in a in a you know in a play breaks down uh, I would say he does have great balance as well, which partly adds to why he's so hard to bring down. He has a lower center of gravity, and so that makes him definitely just as dangerous as a quarterback as it does as a runner because, you know, that means he could stick in the pocket um, and, you know, not get just knocked down automatically. Like, he could tough it out and make the play that needs to be made, right? Another thing with Brig here. I personally like his footwork on drops. It looks consistent at the least. Could definitely be improved on, but it looks con consistent enough. And so uh, there's there's some good consistency there with Brig. Um, another thing with him, I think he has he has a good arm. Like just straight arm power wise, he has a good arm, right? Like there are times he could definitely throw off platform and you know do his thing. So uh, I think he definitely has some good tools here, both as a runner especially as a runner and then as a passer you know he, he obviously has that powerful arm there but let's talk about some i guess areas of improvement so brig he did not make our top five list he really did even make our honorable mention list uh when we were talking about quarterbacks and and here's why when we looked at film and then when i looked at film in more depth it you know there's some definitely some concerning habits there he makes a lot of risky decisions as a thrower. There are some throws, even on his highlight reel, where he just, like, he throws it into coverage or he just throws it up there. And, you know, the receiver does a good job. They usually make a play. Well, obviously, if it's on his highlight reel, they make a play. But there are most definitely a handful of throws where I'm like, dude, no, don't, no, don't, don't do that, please. <laughs> no, and he, he tries to force it. And so with that, I would say he also... Uh, you know, intends to stare down receivers just a little bit as well. And so uh, that to me, that was the biggest thing there, right? It seemed like there are at times where he would just play a little bit out of control. Um, and I get it. You know, he's amped. He's trying to go. And he's that type of guy to get amped and, you know, to give his team energy by being an effort type of player as a runner and a passer. But, you know, as a passer, there are times where you go, I'll calm down a bit and you can't. <sighs> You can't go for home run balls all the time. And then even when he was throwing it deep, there were most definitely times where the ball placement was just off. Like he wouldn't throw it on the right side of the receiver. Uh, it would be underthrown sometimes. And I know he has a strong enough arm. So it's not the arm power that's a problem here. I would say it's just accuracy and placement. So not only is it decisions in part, it is definitely, um, you know, 
it is definitely skill related as well accurate accuracy was not as as great as it could be and there were definitely some plays where a receiver would come open and then he would still throw it short type of thing and so there you go that could definitely be improved on um well accurate decisions and accuracy could always be improved on decisions you become more disciplined you look at the film you make sure you know your stuff so there you go accuracy that's just through practice through finding his uh craft which i think he can do you know and i think that does start with becoming a little bit more patient as a passer as well there are definitely times he's pretty jittery in the pocket and instead of sticking in there he opts out for a scramble which granted it'll get the first down or whatever he needs but you know he could play a little bit more efficient here since he is a tough player i would really like to see him really stick in that pocket tough it out right and then you know make a good throw while getting hit or make the right decision here even if it is for minimal yards and let your receivers make a play I think that's something he could definitely work on letting his receivers make a play so so there you go um and you know and that that's honestly kind of a lot so there are just you know there are just quarterbacks out there that are a little bit more polished than him you know they throw better balls and they make better decisions and so that's why and they're not as jittery either like maybe it's that just them being oblivious to the pressure but uh you know they still make the play Brig, I think sometimes he does a little bit too much, and I do think when he is in the pocket, he feels the pressure, but he doesn't always make the right decision there, and so it's a shame because I do like this kiddo. I like the way he plays, and I think there's some potential here, but if I was a college guy, it would be really hard for me to consider giving this guy a scholarship without seeing him make some you know without seeing him make some significant progressions right that's something i would most definitely love to see there and i think if he was to go to a juco or to a smaller school where he could get some playing time and really work on all that like decision making and accuracy and all those uh, big things then i think he could definitely develop into a a good player right into a solid enough college player at the least so there you go I also wouldn't rule out, I think he would actually be a really solid running back as well. Uh, he is at 180, uh, 180 pounds, which I guess is a little light for a guy that's 6'1", but he has the strength of a of a way bigger dude than a 6'1", 180 pound guy. So those are definitely pluses there. I think he could put on a ton of pounds and be a solid enough running back. Loki, he could probably be a better running back on the next level than quarterback, but you know what I gotta say, but... That's Brick Hartson, you know, I like the way he plays, love the passion, everyone thinks highly of him, he is like a folklore legend, leader type of guy, which I absolutely love, that's always a great narrative, but as a next level quarterback, I don't quite see that yet, without him making some significant um, improvements with his accuracy and decision making especially de decision making for sure i would say there are a lot of decisions where i'm like yeah that's not the play so you know that's just that's just film breakdown right that's just going into the uh film room and you know putting in a ton of work which is doable so best of luck to break hartson i like the kid yeah i like the kid so we'll see he has i i think he works hard too so you know keep keep an eye on break hartson here Maybe he doesn't make it to the next level as a quarterback, but 
I do think there might be a spot for him as a running back, though. You never know. What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. We're back at it with another request, and this time we got um, something a little bit different. We got probably the youngest, well, no doubt, the youngest player that we've ever done a breakdown for and won't say this is the last time we'll do a breakdown for middle for a middle schooler uh, but he will definitely be our first one and so today I'm here to talk about DJ Bordeaux class of 25 I believe I believe he's a seventh grader right now listed right now at around six foot 150 out of Aurora Colorado and so let's let's talk about DJ here so um, like I said, he's he's one of the youngest kiddos that we'll ever do a breakdown of. And oh, by the way, he's a quarterback. I don't think I mentioned that before. But he is a quarterback, and he is one of the more talented uh, middle school quarterbacks that I've seen in a minute, to be honest. And uh, for those of you who don't know, I did get to compete against Kyler Murray back in the day. And so I basically got to see Kyler Murray uh, moving up and progressing from middle school to high school to college, then obviously in the NFL right now. And so... I would say there are definitely some characteristics that uh, DJ here has in common with Kyler. And so one of those, in my opinion, is that he just has a strong arm. Um, DJ, that is. He has that just arm power wise. Like he has a very strong arm for a seventh grader. He could get it down the field with ease uh, in the film that I saw, which, uh, by the way, shout out to his father who gave me some film and put him on for me. Um, and actually a lot of film at that. In the games and film that I saw, DJ was pushing it down the field easily 40 to 50 yards when he wanted to, and um, that was impressive to me. Arm power-wise, it's there. For a 7th grader to do that with ease, that's uh, that's saying something. <laughs> that's most definitely saying something. Uh, in addition to his uh, throwing ability or his arm power, he has a great ability to run. I wouldn't say he's, I guess... Uh, you know, the most sneaky or quick or agile type of runner, but he definitely has a running ability more comparable to a Cam Newton type, right? Um, he does have some sneaky moves in his arsenal, though. He has some good, solid agility there, but you know, being as big as he is at six foot 150 ish for a seventh grader. I mean, you know, what else would you expect, right? You got to kind of be a power guy. And I'd say he's a very solid, powerful runner. And he he's good. he takes a couple, you know, kiddos with him for a ride when they try to tackle him, you know. And that makes him dangerous, you know. In my opinion, that makes him a dual threat. He could definitely run and be, you know, be somebody who could easily punch it into the goal line. Or he could throw 40, 50 yards downfield. That's who DJ Bordeaux is. And so those are some, uh, I guess physical strengths of dj there in addition i already talked about his height whatnot it's great <laughs> uh, honestly like nfl wise or college or okay i won't go nfl but college wise he could live with playing at six foot for the rest of his life if he really wanted to but he's in a really good spot there but moving forward on his film I would say his deep balls are very accurate, and there are definitely a couple of flashes of uh, excellent ball placement. He's not, like I said, he's not somebody that struggles with throwing downfield, in my opinion, with giving the right opportunities and whatnot, and uh, throwing, um, I guess, a wider variety of of uh, routes i do think dj bordeaux could really push the ball down the field and get into some tight spots 
and for a seventh grader, I was very impressed with some of those tight spots he put the ball in uh, downfield, I guess, uh, 20, 30 plus yards, which is impressive. So, so yeah, but DJ, he's, he's someone to definitely look out for. You know, obviously, when it comes to middle schoolers, they are a little bit harder to break down just because there's a lot of potential there and there's a lot of things to work on. And so I personally don't want to go too much into all the nitty gritty stuff. And so when it comes to areas of improvement, I think I'm just going to stick to the three main ones that I really want to see because he's a seventh grader. He has a lot of football ahead of him. He has a lot of growing to do, and that's expected out of any seventh grader, to be honest. Uh, not just DJ, who is a fantastic quarterback and has been somebody who has been, uh, you know, tearing up the leagues that he's been in leading up to middle school and whatnot. So with that being said, let's talk about the areas of improvement. Some things that I'd really like to see out of DJ to get him to that next level. Uh, because in my opinion, he, he has a lot of athletic talent and a lot a lot of athletic talent. I think that that athleticism and the physical skills, it's all there. And now it comes down to the mental aspect and some other things here. So um, let, let's talk about that. So in my opinion, I do think he scrambles a little bit more than I personally like. And that's not always bad um, because, you know, he... He uh, he makes plays when sometimes there's nothing there, right? And sometimes you got to scramble to do that. But I would like to see him improvise a little bit more as a passer on the run. When he breaks the pocket and whatnot, uh, in my opinion, I really don't see him making, I guess, a whole ton of crazy, like, throw on the runs or, uh, you know, stuff like that, right? And I think for him, he would have to develop that chemistry with receivers first to do that, obviously. But um, I do think it would do him some good to work on his throw on the run ability. Because for somebody that has a fantastic arm and could run, I think that's just the next step there, you know? And look, it's, it's going to be hard to work on too you it's really hard to i guess simulate those kind of situations uh, but i do think some throw on the run drills and some imp improvising drills when the uh play breaks down would really do him a lot of good uh with that you know just a small detail here i'd like to see him keep his eyes more downfield and then when he is running around and whatnot uh before he passes the line of scrimmage that is i'd like to see him uh, have his hips and body flip the right way so that he can make a throw at any time. There will be some throws he will have to make off-platform, off but the thing with DJ is uh, the way he's running at times, you could tell just with his um, body language and everything that he's going to run the ball, right? In the position that he's in while he's running, he's not exactly in a natural throwing position. And so I like to see him get to the spot where at least his body is flipped right um you know shoulders squared up all that stuff right because the more you get into that rhythm and that pattern uh the more accurate a ball you get the better mechanics and habits that forms first off and uh, obviously all those things matter when it comes to uh accuracy and whatnot and so i'd really like to see that out of out of dj uh, just keeping eyes downfield and really working on th on that throw-on-the-run ability slash uh, improvising ability, passing-wise. Um, another thing here, mechanically, he's probably where, he's about where I'd expect a 7th grade standout, per usual, but, you know, it could be improved, right? So, 
I'd really like to see him work on engaging those hips and abs more and then getting those hips and abs stronger, right? And then driving that ball. I did say he has a great arm and I believe that. It's just straight arm power. It's it's phenomenal, but I think it could get even stronger and be even more powerful, which will allow him to do more um do more throwing wise if he could engage those uh abs and and just the rest of his body there. Um, I think that would do him a lot of good there. So, so there you go. And that's, I don't think that's the hardest thing. That's just more of a habit type of thing. So getting those mechanics down, that's never a bad thing. And then, uh, last thing here, it is middle school, so it's not the biggest deal. I did get to see some of his seven on seven film from over the summer where I saw a little bit more variety, but I would still like to see him run a much more complicated passing plays. I think he could personally be a great spread guy. Um, he's about the prototypical spread guy you'd, you'd want out of a quarterback. Someone who has a great arm, obviously, and then could run a little bit because there isn't as much blocking. So, you know, spread guys kind of, you got to be able to move and avoid uh, defenders. So that's just how that goes. So I think he could be a great spread guy if he wants to. And, and, here's, and here's how he starts with that, right? Uh, I would like to see him throw a wider variety of routes. Um, the routes that I would personally like to see him master throwing, and this goes without you know having any chemistry with receivers. Like when he's throwing these routes, or at least this is my expectation, uh, that I want him to get to the point that if he's throwing these routes, it doesn't matter who the receiver is, he'll put it on the money each time with excellent timing. And so these are the routes that I would really like to see out of DJ Bordeaux to uh to really master here to really make um it his signature throws to be honest and so those routes here uh that would be out routes any level so probably 5 10 and then 15 would probably be the expert level there but there's some high schoolers who can't even do that so 5 and 10 out routes there uh slants that's easy i saw a little bit more of that uh on some other film when i did a bit more research and so um, I'm not as concerned about that, but slants, that's that's a must when it comes to uh, running the spread. And then deep comeback routes, those are a little bit harder. Ball placement, usually it's um, out and up, you know, get it away from the defender. When the receiver's running the route, they're supposed to get that defender on their hip, uh, uh, on that inside hip, that is, so that when they break and then come back, you know, they're catching that ball outside towards the sideline. So I'd like to see DJ really master that one. The comeback route, that could be big time. And um, honestly, you know, there, there are going to be situations where he's going to be under pressure. His receiver's 101 because he is under pressure. It's a blitz. And the receiver's going to snap off a comeback route and DJ has to get the ball there. And I think he can, but I'd like to see him master that. And then uh, I would really, really like to see, and I think all quarterbacks need this uh, throw mastered, to be honest, but I would like to see him throw uh, fade routes, um, especially especially in the end zone. Those are the kind of routes that I would like to see him master. The fade route, that's lethal in the end zone. If you can master that, that's an automatic score low-key if you got the right receiver. So... There you go. And then the rest of them, though, you know, if he could do all of those routes, the rest of them, you know, they'll, they'll come in time, right? He already has a fantastic deep ball. He could hit hitch routes, obviously. Those aren't hard or anything like that. And so I'd just like to see him master those throws specifically for him to continue to make that progression to the next level, which I 
have a strong belief that he can. This kid's talented. Um, for those of you who have been listening to the podcast, he reminds me a lot of a younger LR3, Leslie Richardson III. He's he's a quarterback that's a senior this year out of Smoky Hills. He was our number two rated guy on our Playmakers Corner list. And I see a lot of LR3 and, and DJ here, you know, just a lot of the same uh, physical tools, right? And I think if I was DJ, I would take a look at LR3, at Leslie Richardson the third. look at his highlights, look at how, you know, he really uses his body to drive the ball forward, how he um, developed from like more of a, I guess, ru- running guy, which he could still run. He could definitely run to more of like, I'm going to stick in the pocket, look to make the pass first type of guy. And so... Um, I'm excited for DJ Bordeaux, you know, like I said, he's probably not the last middle schooler uh, that we'll do a breakdown of, but he is the first, and DJ here, he's somebody that uh, we would love to have on the show sometime, obviously, Um, obviously when he's in high school and taking snaps there, I would say, we wouldn't interview middle schoolers, not just yet, but we do look forward to, you know, doing more breakdowns of DJ in the future, I do believe he is slated to go to um, I want to say Kent Denver High School, and I know they have a fantastic coach over there. Um, he has a great history. He's ran a variety of offenses, and I think DJ could really fit any of those offenses. But personally, I would love to see him work on, you know, becoming more of a uh, throw-first type of quarterback because those quarterbacks always go the farthest, or usually go the farthest if you don't have, um, I guess, elite natural speed or ability like a Lamar Jackson type. Which is fine. You don't need to. You're a quarterback. So um, that's DJ Bordeaux. Feel free to give him a look. You know, he's on YouTube. Uh, I'm pretty sure we're following him as well. So we'll make sure to tag him um, in in this post, in this episode. And so uh, show him some love. And DJ Bordeaux, he might be the future of uh, Colorado high school football. So stay tuned. Alright y'all, so we hope you enjoyed those requests. Uh, We definitely had a lot of fun doing them and we look forward to doing way more. Uh, Especially me, like I look forward to looking to do more defensive kind of breakdowns. I'm obviously more of the defensive guy on this podcast, but you know, I did my best. I still know my stuff. And so uh, with that being said, I know I mentioned this earlier, I think in Zane's Zane's breakdown here, but or... I believe it was Zane's breakdown here, but, you know, he did email us his uh, his stuff, and, you know, we really appreciate that, so just know that our emails are always open, our DMs are always open in the comments section, we really do try to talk to y'all as much as we can and whatnot, and conversate with y'all, and honestly, we really do appreciate everything that y'all have done for us, uh, these last couple of months especially, um, it's been crazy, you know, it's been crazy for sure, and so... And so continue to like send us requests. We'll get to all of them. We promise. Uh, some will obviously be delayed a little bit more than others. We're gonna do middle school ones. We're gonna do underclassmen. We'll most likely do an underclassmen list just of like general prospects that we really like. Maybe there's no particular order there. It's just it's just players that like football players that is that we just really like like the game of you know. And they're underclassmen and they will be underclassmen moving forward. And so. That's the future kind of, of of the sport. And so, you know, we will most likely do that a list once we finish our, uh, you know, Colorado class of 21 playmakers list for football here at every position. And we do have a couple positions to go. So, so yeah. But, hey, you know, thank you. Thank you so much, again, for rocking with us. 
Uh, it's been a crazy year, 2020. But this next year, we hope to do so much better. We hope to get way more followers and, um, you know, continue to do a bunch of breakdowns and really help you all, help you all the athletes, the next generation of playmakers out as much as possible. That's our goal here, honestly. So um, next week, our very first episode of the year will drop on the very first day of the year, January 1st, Friday. We got receivers. So make sure you tune into that. Make sure you also follow us on all of our social media at the Playmakers Corner. Um, and then if you are listening to us on on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever major streaming platform you're on, make sure to give us some love. Give us a good rating there uh, so that we could continue to grow. But um, yeah, hey, if we go and do a film breakdown of you or a request of any sort, just know that's pretty much an automatic invite uh, to an interview here on the show. Obviously, there's an exception there with DJ, but I already talked about that. But <clears throat> just in general, we would love to talk to y'all. Uh, you know, get get y'all's thoughts. And you know, moving forward, we will be releasing a number of interviews. Um, just to name a few: James Walker from Cherry Creek, Arden Walker, the number one rated, no, the one of the number one defensive players in the state from Cherry Creek as well. Uh, we have Jordan Wolverton, the uh, championship-winning quarterback from Durango High School, also 3A Player of the Year. And we have Wilson Clark, one of uh, one of our best linemen that we've done a film breakdown on. And so we're going to bring many more interviews, hopefully, here coming soon. And so, um, yeah, Happy New Year's from the Playmaker's Corner. Cheers to a better year and to more success. We'll see you all next week, next year.